Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from Chicago. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, September 24th, 2023, and I'm here with a few thoughts on number six, Ohio State's thrilling, harrowing 17-14 comeback win over number nine, Notre Dame in South Bend last night. Wow, what a finish. Paige and I were both there. And it was everything you could hope for from a big game environment. It was a gorgeous late September night. The crowd was great. Actually, Notre Dame fans are some of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Uh, even after Kyle McCord, Emeka Buka, and Chip Trainum ripped their collective hearts out of their chests at the end of the game, they were so gracious and so kind to Paige and me. And there was a woman sitting right behind me, a Notre Dame fan, who could probably see that I was dying a slow death over the last you know, 30, 45 minutes of that game who after Trainum plunged into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown, started to comfort me. I mean, her team had just lost in the most heartbreaking fashion that you can imagine. And she's comforting me. I think she said something like, oh, you can breathe now. You can relax, man. What a game. Congratulations. And it was just, I was just blown away by, by how nice and how gracious Notre Dame fans were to all of us uh, Buckeye fans who were there. And I want to give a huge special shout out to our gracious and generous host, Paul Linehan. I mean, every college football program should have someone that loves it to its core, like Paul loves Notre Dame football. And he's one of the most knowledgeable college football fans I've ever met. So Paul, thanks a ton for your kindness and hospitality. Also, another quick shout out to my coworker, Ben Lampy, also a Notre Dame grad and a huge fan for hooking Paige and me up with the tickets. So you know, two great Notre Dame supporters in Paul and Ben helped make that experience possible for Paige and me. And honestly, I, as I said, it could not have been a more pleasant experience for a fan of an opposing team in a game of these stakes, which is why it was so weird for me to hear Ryan Day's remarks about Lou Holtz, the former Notre Dame coach and ESPN analyst in the post game. I guess that's the difference between, you know, being just a fan in the stands and a player in the field, because there was definitely no like Ohio against the world vibe, both before and during the game that was even remotely detectable from my point of view. I mean, it was not a hostile home crowd toward Ohio State fans, but they took exception to some remarks Lou Holtz had made on the Pat McAfee show earlier in the week. I'm not going to read the whole quote, but the bit that they most assuredly took exception to was this quote. Holtz said, quote, you look at Coach Day, he's lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan twice, and everybody beats him because they're more physical than Ohio State, end quote. Now, Holtz's remarks were used as a rallying cry by the Buckeyes during the week, and Day wasted no time addressing those remarks in the postgame. Day said, quote, a lot of people took a lot of shots at this team over the last 48 hours. It really hit home to me. I'm really upset and disrespected by what Lou Holtz said publicly about our team and Ohio State and Buckeye Nation. And we're not, we're not going to stand for that because that's not even close to true, end quote. Now, Day had a lot more to say about Holtz's comments. And feel free to Google it if you want, you know, to check out the full transcript. So, look, clearly Holtz touched a nerve with those comments. And Ohio State fans know we Day has been defending himself and his program against accusations of being soft and finesse as a football team, probably since the 2021 loss to Michigan. But to me, this feels like a bit of an overreaction by Day. It seems like manufactured bulletin board material that I'm not sure Day was really able to harness, actually, to motivate his team. I mean, aside from one explosive run from Trey Henderson, which 
granted it was a big one. It was the 61 yard touchdown run in the third quarter. The Ohio state running game was largely neutralized by the Notre Dame defense. I mean, take away Henderson's 61 yard run and the Buckeyes only averaged two and a half yards per carry. So I think, you know, you have to credit Notre Dame for winning, you know, that battle uh, in the trenches. And then on the other side of the ball, the Notre Dame rushing attack really had its way in the second half with the Ohio state defense on consecutive touchdown drives that went for 75 yards and 96 yards respectively and ate up over 14 minutes of the game clock 123 yards rushing on 26 carries for the irish in the second half and had the buckeyes lost this game i think we'd be talking a lot about how notre dame outplayed the buckeyes in the trenches and holtz's comments actually would have turned out to be pretty prophetic but the buckeyes did win the game Uh, And in the most dramatic fashion possible, uh, thanks in large part to the arm of Kyle McCord, the clutch play of Emeka Buka, and, you know, the offensive line winning the line of scrimmage when it really mattered, which was on Chip Trainum's go-ahead one-yard touchdown run with one second to play. So, look, I'm only working on a few hours sleep today. It was a very long day in South Bend yesterday, and quite frankly, I'm still mentally exhausted and still processing what I watched for four hours last night in Notre Dame Stadium. So I'm going to try not to go full recap on this pod. I'm going to assume you watched and know what happened. So I'm just going to tick down a pretty short list of observations. Then Paige, Chad, and I will dive a little deeper into what we saw in this game later this week, probably on Thursday. I want to start with the play of Kyle McCord. Now, his overall stat line is not going to jump out at you. 21 of 37 for 240 yards and no touchdown passes. But when it really mattered, I thought McCord was masterful. He was poised and he was decisive. He may not face a bigger moment the rest of his college career than down 14 to 10 on the road against a top 10 opponent with a minute 26 to play. And he leads the Buckeyes on a game-winning 65-yard touchdown drive in 15 plays. Now, on that drive, McCord converted a third and 10 with a 23-yard pass to Mecca Buka, a fourth and seven with a seven-yard completion to Julian Fleming, a second and 10 with a 19-yard bullet to Marvin Harrison Jr., and finally, after being flagged for intentional grounding, the 21-yard laser beam on third and 19 to Buka that got Ohio State down to the Notre Dame one-yard line, and that set up Trainum's go-ahead touchdown run from one yard out. Now, the lasting memory Ohio State fans will have of this game is probably Trainum's touchdown run. But the play of the game, hands down, was the throw from McCord to Ekbuka on third and 19 that made that touchdown possible. What a moment for McCord. I mean, I thought he outplayed Sam Hartman for most of the night. And the Buckeyes don't win this game without McCord's poise and the big time throws he made into tight windows when Ohio State really, really needed them. This is a performance that McCord can build on. He's only going to get better. Um, And I think you can even make the case right now that he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Now, after McCord, I thought Emeka Ibuka was the most impactful, most important offensive player of the night for the Buckeyes. And his contributions were all the more important after Marvin Harrison Jr. injured his ankle on the Trey Henderson touchdown run. Harrison would actually return to the game, but wasn't really himself after the injury. And, you know, the Notre Dame secondary did a great job of taking Harrison away. He was bracketed most of the night by the Notre Dame secondary, which allowed Ibuka to operate a little bit more freely in the middle of the field. Seven catches for 96 yards and 11 targets for Ibuka. Six of those seven catches went for first downs, including the 21-yarder on third and 19 with 15 seconds to play that set up the go-ahead touchdown. Ibuka was Ohio State's 
highest graded offensive player, according to PFF, with a grade of 78.8. The Buckeyes do not win this game without Ibuka's clutch play, period, full stop. Now, I thought it was another mixed bag from the Ohio State offensive line last night, albeit against a pretty damn good Notre Dame defense. That was a top five Notre Dame defense the Buckeyes faced last night. And from my vantage point uh, in the stands, I mean, it seemed that the line did a good job of protecting Kyle McCord for most of the night. Now, you wouldn't know it from the PFF grades, the blocking grades for the starting offensive line. I mean, they're about as bad as I've ever seen them. Uh, only one starter, Josh Fryer, graded above 60 in both run and pass blocking. Fryer graded 69.3 in pass blocking, 63.8 in run blocking. Josh Simmons graded 59.9 in pass blocking, 44.4 in run blocking. Matthew Jones, his grades were 54.9 in pass blocking, 57.1 in run. Donovan Jackson, all the way down at 29.2 in pass blocking, 60.4 in run blocking. Finally, Carson Hinsman was a disaster last night. 7.9 in pass blocking. He gave up a team high nine quarterback pressures, according to PFF. And he finished with a run blocking grade of 60. Now, I'm not sure if these PFF grades are final. Some of these grades might actually come up a little bit. And I thought the line was better than those grades would suggest in pass blocking because it seemed like McCord had plenty of time to throw most of the night, save for maybe the final drive. But where the line seemed to really struggle once again and where they've struggled all season was opening up holes for Trey Henderson and Chip Trainum in the run game. You know, the Buckeyes only had one run over 10 yards, and that was the Trey Henderson 61-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. As I mentioned earlier, Ohio State only 2.5 yards per carry outside of the Henderson touchdown run. Short yardage, again, was an issue. The Buckeyes were stopped twice on fourth and short in the Notre Dame red zone in this game. On fourth and goal from the Notre Dame one-yard line with 6.53 to play in the second quarter, Ryan Day elected to take both Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka off the field and throw the ball. And if memory serves, the Buckeyes had three tight ends on the field for that play. None of them could get open. McCord's pass fell incomplete. And then on fourth and one from the Notre Dame 11-yard line with four minutes and 12 seconds to play in the game, the call was a jet sweep to Emeka Ibuka, which, you know, of course, was stuffed for no gain. You know, it just feels like Ohio State has no plan, no identity in short yardage situations. And this has been an issue since 2021. It just seems Ryan Day is, you know, it's he's still just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. I mean, I think Day, Brian Hartline and Justin Fry, just they need to figure this out. They need to figure out who they want to be in short yardage situations. Now, their saving grace in this game, of course, was the one yard touchdown plunge by Chip Trainum to win it. Uh, but I don't think we've seen the last of these issues. Uh, I really don't. Uh, th this is still very much a developing situation. It's still an unresolved situation. And it will be very interesting to see if Day, Hartline, and Fry can find the right combination of personnel and play calling to get more success in short yardage situations. Maybe there needs to be a little bit more of a run balance, a carry balance between uh, you know, Trey Henderson and Chip Trainum. Are they using Trey Henderson in the best way that they possibly can? Should Chip train and be the short yardage back? Does Mayan Williams need to get more carries? I mean, those are the kinds of questions Ohio State is going to have to answer. And then they also have to think about their tendencies in the run game because they, they still seem to telegraph what they're doing to opposing defenses who almost always seem to have these plays diagnosed. Okay, let's look over at the defense. Now, I think it was mostly a tale of two halves 
for the Ohio State defense. Or maybe it's a little more accurate to say it was a three-act play for the Silver Bullets last night. Now, the first act was the first half, in which I thought that if the defense played very well. Only 141 yards of total offense in the first half for the Irish, only 36 yards of offense in the second quarter, only 26 yards from the country's leading rusher, Audric Estime, in the first half. But then in the second act, which was you know from about the 11-minute mark of the third quarter to the eight-and-a-half-minute mark of the fourth quarter, Notre Dame got control of the game with their rushing attack. Now, after only 53 yards rushing on 13 carries in the first half, the Irish would run for an 83 yards on 16 carries in the third quarter alone, which were the catalyst for consecutive touchdown drives that took over 14 minutes off the game clock, as I had mentioned. And that staked Notre Dame to a 14 to 10 lead. And man, at that point, I was in full fucking panic mode. I mean, it felt like the game was slipping away from the Buckeyes at that stage. But then came the third and final act, and uh, that was after Ohio State was stopped on downs at the Notre Dame 11-yard line with four minutes and 12 seconds to play. Now, I was convinced the Buckeyes were cooked at that point. I mean, Notre Dame had been running the ball at will in the second half at that stage. I just didn't think there was any way the defense could get off the field with enough time left for the offense to get another crack at winning the game. Now, after Sam Hartman hit Rico Flores for 12 yards and then Audric Estime runs for... 11 yards on consecutive plays, Ohio State was at, at that stage, it was rock bottom, I think. But then JT Tuimoloal delivered two huge back-to-back plays. The first was a five-yard tackle for loss on Sam Hartman, followed by a deflection of a Hartman pass that Tuimoloal almost intercepted. And that put Notre Dame in a third and 15 from their own 29-yard line. Now, Josh Proctor would stop Jabran Payne for a short gain on third down. The Irish would end up punting and that would give Kyle McCord and the Buckeyes the ball back with 126 to play and one timeout. And we know what happened from there. And when the Notre Dame offense was in the midst of their two touchdown drives, I kept sa- I kept turning to Paige and asking, does the defense have a play here? Can someone come up with a play? And in that moment, it was very frustrating. But then I remember thinking to myself, you can't have it both ways, Zach. And you spent the whole offseason bitching about all the explosive plays the defense gave up last season, you know, chasing sacks, tackles for loss and turnovers. And now the defense isn't taking any of those silly risks and giving up those plays. They're making opponents drive the length of the field and execute in the red zone. And look, to their credit, that's what Notre Dame did on back-to-back drives in the second half last night. But, you know, they only did it twice. Only 14 points and 351 yards of total offense for the Irish in that game, who came into the night averaging 509 yards of offense and 46 points per game. They were playing with a ton of confidence in front of a great home crowd. Now, would I have loved more splash plays from the Silver Bullets than two tackles for loss, no sacks, and no turnovers? Of course, we all would have. But according to PFF, the defense pressured Sam Hartman 19 times. The defensive line accounted for 16 of those pressures, Five from Tyleek Williams, who also had one tackle for loss, four each from Tui Molowau and Sawyer, and three from Mike Hall Jr. Now, it was an oddly off night for Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, who finished as Ohio State's two lowest graded defenders, according to PFF. Eichenberg finished with a grade of 36.1. Chambers finished with a grade of 29.9. I mean, without even looking it up, I'd be willing to bet the ranch. Those were probably their worst PFF grades of all time. Certainly probably their worst PFF grades since 2021 when they were first-year starters. Now, Eichenberg and Chambers also finished with the team's lowest run defense grades. Eichenberg finished with a run uh, run defense grade of 29.8. Chambers was at 34.5. 
Now, I'm far more inclined to credit Notre Dame for a great plan and accounting for Eichenberg and Chambers in the run game. I mean, both players just have too good of a track record, you know, Eichenberg most especially, for it to be anything other than that. So kudos to the Notre Dame offensive line and to their run blocking schemes uh, to, you know, for taking Eichenberg and Chambers, you know, out of the game almost completely. And look, I take great comfort in the fact that the Ohio State defense was still able to hold a top 10 opponent to only 14 points on the road, despite the off nights from Eichenberg and Chambers, who are two of their best defensive players. And I think you also have to give Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles a ton of credit for kind of stepping in and filling the void left by Eichenberg and Chambers in the run in the run game because uh, they were great at the second level last night, cutting down Notre Dame ball carriers. Ransom and Styles finished with the two highest PFF grades for tackling, eighty-two point seven for uh, Ransom, eighty. 80- Point four for Styles. It was Ransom and Styles that came up with that big fourth down stop on Sam Hartman on Notre Dame's first possession of the third quarter. So, you know, look, what does this win mean for the Buckeyes? How good are the Irish really? How good are the Buckeyes? Could it be that neither is a true contender? We might not know until the final college football playoff rankings come out, to be honest. Only time's going to tell. But I strongly suspect that these are two of the best teams in college football. And I think this will prove to be a huge win for the Buckeyes that will pay dividends down the line. And at least for this week, the AP voters agree because they just moved the Buckeyes up two spots to number four in this week's poll. Okay, that's going to do it for me. A lot more to come from us on this game later this week. Look for another pod from Paige, Chad, and myself, probably on Thursday. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. Listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.